everybody welcome to a this is a special edition of capitalism remix um, as you may have heard we had an incident here in baltimore last week where a squeegee worker shot and killed someone who after an altercation who uh attacked a group of uh, young men with a bat and i've been having some conversations with folks here in baltimore and wanted to uh, bring a few of those folks together and share some of those thoughts with you it's going to be uh, pretty unscripted but we hope you enjoy it so welcome back to capitalism the remix welcome uh all of you guys to uh on the episode another episode of capitalism the remix you know, you guys know I, I saw this podcast a couple of months ago to start talking about um, the, you know, sort of iterations of capitalism and how we can use uh, business to, to solve problems in society. And this is not, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to be 100% on topic, but I know it's a topic that, you know, certainly the four of us and a lot of other people here in Baltimore care about. Um, we, uh, Delali and I started a conversation um, last week, uh, after the incident, uh, you know, the shooting uh, involving the squeegee workers and, and, and another gentleman uh, in, down by the Inner Harbor. And the conversation just got to the point where we figured we should get online and just sort of share some thoughts and uh, get the conversation started more broadly, because obviously this is something we've been dealing with for a long time. Um, and we're, I think, collectively as a city, finding it hard to, to get to the right solution. So I don't know if we'll come up with any solutions today, but I definitely think it's worth having um, a more public conversation about this that's been happening so far. Most of these conversations have been either behind closed doors. We're hearing people saying, I don't come into the city from the north anymore because of the squeegee kids and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I've had conversations and meetings with potential investors. So I just think it's time for us to sort of open this up a little bit. So that's what we're here to do. So before we get started, um, why don't I just have you guys go around, um, quickly introduce yourselves, and then, um, you know, we're just going to curate a little bit of a discussion here and we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, um, with the lolly. Um, just say a couple of words for those who may not know you, which I think is almost impossible, but who you are. Um, hey, so I'm Delali. I'm the CEO of Fearless. Um, you know, our primary business is in really in the tech for good space. Um, you know, using technology as a medium to really drive impact, right? And things that we really, really care about. And so those can be a different verticals, social justice, yeah, education, healthcare, kind of you name it. Um, that's been our that's been our bread and butter. But but overall, like we care very deeply about impact, uh, very very deeply about you know making our world better than it was before we got here. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, sure thing. Jason, one of you uh, jump in next. Hey, I'm Jason Bass, the director of culture and impact here at Hotel Revival. And no, I did not mean to match the drapes, but that's how it's set up today. Um, I've I've quickly gone in my career from promoting events to promoting equality diversity and impact and over the last three years we've positioned a hotel to be a community hub and a lot more uh to uh to the industry thanks for having me thanks for joining jason and ken uh let's close up with you on the intro yeah, sure uh, uh i'm uh, executive uh, uh and, and founder of uh early charm ventures uh 
in short, we go into universities, find really cool new technologies, launch companies around them. Uh, we've done that 34 times here. We have 34 ventures operating uh, over in Pigtown. And uh, our focus, though, are on technologies that we can make real tangible products from and that we can take those products and manufacture them and get them to market uh, to create sustainable jobs. So unlike a lot of other venture models out there, we are focused on sustainable job creation and sustaining what we do here in Baltimore City. So look, this is a, um, it's a, uh, it's a group of um, business folks. And in, in some ways, Look, I think all, you know, I, I'm, I'm always of the, of the mindset that in one way or another, everything makes its way back to the money, you know, uh, somehow. That, you know, it starts, I think, here with these kids uh, or these workers in some ways are just out there trying to make a living. And like, you know, I was having a discussion with someone today. There's bad Republicans, there's bad Democrats, there's bad cops and there's bad squeegee workers. You know, there's bad apples everywhere. But sometimes I think we paint them all in, in any of those realms, people with the same brush. So I guess I want to I'd like to maybe start off, Jason, with you, um, because I think that, you know, individually or as an organization, you've probably been doing the most hands on work with squeegee workers at the revival. So I would love to hear just your, you know, your take on the state of where things are, how this thing happened, what you know about it, who you've talked to, and sort of what you're thinking right now. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the platform. Um, you know, what we're doing at the hotels, we've, we've partnered with the, the mayor's office and the African-American, uh, the, the Office of African-American Affairs to, to bring some of the squeegee people in to the uh, into the hotel and introduce them to the workforce. So we originally planned on having eight. I think now we're down to about five or six due to some unforeseen issues. Nothing on the side of them, but something that was a little bit flawed in the program. And with that being said, we have them for six. The city pays for their wages, and then after six months, we can uh, determine whether or not we're going to keep them on as a as an employee. I will tell you that the experience has been fantastic. Everybody that has been brought into the space feels like, to me, that they've been here forever, that they should be here, uh, and that um, that they've just been always a part of the fabric of, of the organization. Um, I think that what I've learned is we have to take a lot of the assumptions off, you know, out of the equation. We have to talk to them. We have to understand what they're going through every day um, because it's it's you know the public conversation, or at least what I'm hearing a lot is how come they just don't get jobs? Why don't they go and and, and, and find work you know they're they're old enough they can they can do that on their own but what they're not considering is this is this is a a, a, a community that um has been impacted in some of the most most tragic ways right like they don't have stable stable homes so, you know they around a lot they may have lost metal records so they don't have a car they don't have their birth certificate for a job right they, they, they can't get checked because they don't address for those checks to come to, right? Um, and these are just things that, you know, we would, have, like functioning adults, we would have time, you know, if, if we were impacted in our life. Only to get a social security card or birth certificate is difficult for people with a top or 
money and with time. These are people that generally don't have access to any of those things. Some of the people that we work with and have taken on, when they call to give us updates on whether or not they're going to make it in on time, they're calling from a pay. You know, in most cases, you know, when we look at, you know, the pay phones being removed from New York and we're just like, you know, like, oh, last public pay phone has been removed. We don't think about the community of people who desperately still need that form of communication in order to, to function in their everyday lives. We're really, truly, you know, when we, instead of us describing, you know, uh, that group of people as, as disconnected youth, you know, we need to consider how disconnected we are from the situation, right? Like we, we have privilege, we have the cell phones, we have the ability to move about the world a little differently. So, um, you know, that's, that's why I was, I've become a little bit more public and vocal on, on how we should, you know, view, you know, the, the, the squeegee people, um, and what they might be going through only, only from a, a surface level, because nobody, Nobody would choose to be out uh, in the weather, washing windows, dodging cars, you know, for a few dollars and, uh, and think that's a sustainable life or, uh, you know, something that is, was chosen, right? So, so that's my place. As is. Yeah. Look, there's two sides to this. And I think that we, we should think about sort of talking about today because one side of this is, all that stuff that you just put on the table, Jason, right? And I think a lot of the issue is that, as you say, you know, we don't think of them as, you know, I think we, we you know, in many ways, some people in, in, in community in Baltimore, they dehumanize them, right? They don't think about them Absolutely. just as people out there trying to make a living. And why would you choose to do that? You're not choosing to do that because it's a, it's a, it's the greatest job you ever had, or it's a lot of fun, right? You're choosing to do right. it because it, under certain circumstances, you got to do whatever you can do to survive, right? So I think that's one of the things that we got to talk about. We also have to talk about how and why this thing happened, right? They're connected, right? They're definitely connected because if you're thinking about these gentlemen working on the streets as human beings that are doing what they got to do to survive, you're, you know, you're probably less likely to get out of your car and start an altercation with them. But at the same time, you know, I, I hear, you know, lots of stories never happened to me um, because it never happened to me. doesn't mean it's not true. I hear lots of stories about some in the ranks of the squeegee workers, not being as respectful as they could be or should be to drivers. Right. So I think we got to talk about, both of those things a little bit and figure out what the intersection is. Um, and, and I want to make sure that everyone who hears this, if they haven't seen your, the post that you put up on Instagram, the story, they should, they should definitely check that out. And we'll put that in the links to the links to the show. Also, if you haven't seen uh, Delali's posts um, on this on, on, I think you did Twitter and Instagram, um, about how this is tragic for everyone involved. So, Dalali, I want to just, you know, part of this started because you and I were having this discussion in person. So yeah. just tell me what you're, what you're feeling right now, what you're thinking about. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's frustration on a lot, on a lot of fronts, right? Um, you know, and, and, and Jason mentioned this a little bit. Uh, there's so many layers to this thing, right? And you know the squeegee workers didn't just show up yesterday. They've been they've been around for 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 a while, um, and they're they're part of the fabric at this point. We got to figure out how we work together and come to solutions. I think anytime I hear of 
you know, a group one corner trying to solve for them and they're, they're somewhere else, right? They're not, they're not in the conversation, right? There's a, there's just a huge disconnect by not understanding the reality that's kind of on the ground. And so I remember being at the event with you last week, Jeff, and we heard about the incident. And again, there's two sides to it. One, what is this kid doing with a gun, right? And and we can get all the gun laws and all the other stuff, right? Kid has a gun. He's got a gun. He's got it on the corner, right? For whatever reason, he feels like he needs to protect himself um, in that in that regard. Um, and, and, and two, we've got a situation where someone has to sit in the corner, as Jason mentioned, in, in extreme weather conditions, right? Dodging cars or they don't eat. Right. And, and, and there's there's a problem on both sides of that equation. Right. And so there there really uh, are no winners in this in this situation. Um, I mean, I, I often think about. Right. You hear people saying, I don't want to come in the city. You know, there's I don't want to pay the squeegee tax and I'm going to avoid it. I'm not coming in altogether. Um, the part that I've been thinking about most over the last few days is uh, and I don't know, I'm a numbers guy. I feel like everything's got a solution. Right. And so I'm, I'm always curious. Right. You you hear about these big events and there's some you know economic impact study. This is what it meant to the city. I've always been curious, like what what is the cost, right? So people talking about folks not coming downtown, um, you know, loss of business, loss of this. Um, I hear you. I'm, I'm, and this isn't a rhetorical question. I'm actually genuinely uh, interested. Like what what is that loss of productivity or impact, right? Economic impact, right? Is it? I don't know if anyone's ran the numbers. If is, is it five million? Is it ten million? Whatever the number is, right? And 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 I start to think like if we can quantify that. And the fix is cheaper than that. Like it's it's the easiest solution. Like fix the problem, like fund it, fix it, right? And, and I think this is something that we can we can we can we can help to go away. And um, there are plenty of systemic things, right? And I think that there's a parallel between work on the long term systemic stuff, but they got to eat today, right? And so we have to do both in parallel. This isn't an either or. It is a, it's a multifaceted approach. Yeah, well, I mean that. I think that's one of the one of the problems that that we come up against, right? Is that we are sometimes as a society and collectively we're unable to think about the long term and the short term at the same time, right? We get get the squeegee kids off the block, and it's about education and all that. Yeah, it is about that, but they got to eat today. Right. They got to make a living today. So you got to solve all of that. You got to solve both those problems. You can't pit one against the other. I think that's the thing that that we're doing too often as well um, is pitting the long term against the short term. Right. Because if you don't solve the short term, there is no long term. All right. So we can talk about all of those things all we want. And we got to do work there. You know, gun control, education, jobs. At the same time, we obviously have a group of, you know, people who need to figure out how to solve the problems that they have today, right? And I think that some of this discussion, I just want to be able to, you know, we're going to give our own opinions, but some of this, I think we just want to be able to put some of this stuff on the on the on the table. So, you know, Ken, um, I want to have you jump in here and give you, you know, look. Your your um your office is over in Pigtown and Wicomico Street. So and you've been around for a long time. I know that there's some, you know, some some unfortunate things that have happened, you know, even on your block, um, you know, not too far from me. So, you know, we had we were having some of this discussion same day that Delali and I were. So just would love to get your, you know, your take on where things are right, you know, right now. And frankly, I'm going to tell you, one reason I want to include you is because you're a white guy living through this, right? And a lot of the people who are saying out in the county, well, I can't come to the city anymore. 
um, you know, this is, it, it is a race thing. It's not a race thing, whatever. But we know there's a lot of, you know, white folks in the county saying, I'm not coming into the city and the city's falling apart. But you've just chosen to not only stay in the city, but, you know, say in some of the, you know, what, what have been traditionally some of the more troubled parts of the city. So I want to hear what you've got to say about this. And I, I, just before you get started, um, Mariana, in the background, I may let some of the people in from the um, waiting room and then just turn their cameras off. So if we have more people coming in, um, this is an unusual podcast, folks. <laughs> we're, we're doing it as on the fly. So if you have more people coming in uh, or you want to invite more people, go ahead and do it. So, so look, Jeff, I, a couple of things I, I, I think are just, they just kill me, right? It's, and, and, the, and the biggest is I hear friends of mine coming in from the suburbs and they're like, you know, the, the squeegee boys, they're, they're, they're just they're horrible. They're, they're bad people, right? And I've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations with squeegee boys as I'm walking home. I'll stop by, I'll say, hey, how's the, how, how's the money coming in today, right? They'll have a pleasant chat with me when I'm driving by. I I very rarely give them money. They always have a chat with me, right? I'll, I'll fist bump them. I'll wave to them. They are the, the overwhelming majority of them. They're there because they they need the money, and they're not idiots. They know that they've got to be nice if people people are going to give them money. They 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 understand the whole idea of a customer. They understand the idea that I have to serve you in this way if I want to, if I want you to pay me, right? And I've hired thousands and thousands of people in my life, right? There's a personality that when you meet them, you know you want to hire somebody that has that personality, right? I see that in these guys all the time, right? I, and I and, and the the few conversations I've had with them about, you know. Okay, can you come work? Can you come do this? Can you come do these things for me? This sort of thing, right? Normally, what happens is what Jason pointed out, right? Well, I don't have any documentation. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I'd love to be able to hire you without being able to clear all the documentation I have to do. But I, you know, I, 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 I'm required to do things legally, right? And I would love to be able to hire you and have you show up whenever you're able to show up. But I know you've got a sick mother at home, and you can only show up for a few hours during these times. And you got to go get your, you know, your brother from high school or from school or walk him home. And you know, when you hear all the stories that pile up on top of it, you're like, this isn't a solution where me just offering them a job solves the problem. I, I wish it were because I would just offer every one of them a job and say, come, come work, right? I, I mean. Uh, it's just it's just not that simple and it's also but to go back to my original where i started before that ramble right is that look people coming in and taking a negative attitude toward the personality and the intent of these guys on the court right it's incredibly harmful it doesn't it, it like like you said it dehumanizes them and these guys are, are as human as human gets, right? And we got to find a way to give them a better chance, right? And, you know, I, I wish the solution were that simple, but it is absolutely a barometer of all of the other things that are wrong and challenged within the community. Save me, Jason, for myself. Oh, Jay. 
<laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I think you were on a roll, actually, Ken. You, you did an amazing job. And hearing from your perspective is 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 incredibly important to this conversation. I think that, um, for one, we, 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 we have to recognize them as human, right? And, and that hasn't been done. Um, the other part is the people who were complaining about coming into the city, they weren't going to come down in the first place. Right, we got to keep it. You got to keep it hundred. They'll they'll come up with every single reason possible not to come into the city and patronize like city establishments. Um, Delali's right. You know, if we're gonna, if we if we absolutely need to make a case out of this, let's show what that economic in- impact is, and if it's less, we'll pay for it. But here's what we already have. We already have a program in place. It's been in place for two years. Um, that and Faith Leach, you know, um, one of the deputy mayors, and Doctor uh, Doctor Bunley are uh you know running this program and so far they've done a great job i mean they've had some hiccups they've had some some issues with the program itself with where they've been placed but overall like something is happening and happening and it's positive it hasn't been as publicized as i think it should be i think that you know overall we the city suffers from an extreme pr problem you know um most of our media is is really really um just heavily invested in the if it bleeds it leads kind of narratives right i mean there's other cities around this country that are being impacted by similar issues and people are still patronizing chicago people still going to la people still going to places in you know that that are are struggling with the same kind of urban issues we are i mean just we've we've failed the urban parts of our society as a whole you know i think the overall solution here is is we know that there's about 200 or so squeegee people in the community that have been identified, right? What just in the black entrepreneurship community alone, what is it like 20 or so thousand black businesses in Baltimore? If we even just look in that space and said, okay, each of you, let's say the top 10% of you take one person, right? Um, And then we figure out how to get their, their vital records, right? Which is there's programs already set up for that. We go to the mayor's office, you know, whatever they're missing, we sit down, we make sure that they have that. If they need to eat in the process, we got access to places like, we got people like Hungry Harvest around. We have For My City around. We have so many different places that rescue food within Baltimore, and we can provide them with a steady source of what those produce look like or prepare food through some of the Black-owned, you know, restaurateurs that are that are in our city. You know, putting that, a strong program, program together and executing that, like that, having that strategy and implementation, like that's that's where we're falling short, right? Because that's we have everything that it takes, you know, on so many different levels. Is it's as we just we just have to get it done, and somebody has to lead that charge. I'm not saying that it's totally up to the mayor. I think the mayor has some responsibility here and 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 access to resources that'll help this. But on this panel, we have a lot of community leaders. And business leaders, we might be able to formulate a plan and take it to the mayor. You know, uh, I wish there were some other people on this panel that could also give their perspective. Like we tried to have somebody from the squeegee community. I wasn't able to reach them. So if it, whoever's listening to this, if they're looking at the panel and saying, how come you know somebody from the community isn't here? They, we just weren't able to get in contact with them in time. We did try that. But um, I, I feel like there are some solutions here that maybe aren't the easiest, but, you know, things are happening. Yeah, so, Jim, I- can I, if I can piggyback on that real quick, I, I love what you said about, you know, there's what, 200 of them or so. And if everyone just grabs one, right, there's this there's this sense that I get that everyone points as someone else's problem, right? You know, why, why didn't the mayor fix it? Why didn't why didn't city council fix it? Why don't the business folks fix it? Why don't, you know, why didn't Jason fix it, right? Or someone, right? So everyone's got like an angle on that. And and, and I, what, what I love about what you said is, you know, as a 
community. Like these are our kids, right? These are our kids in, in Baltimore. And we have kind of a shared perspective of, and we, we think of them as human. We think of them as our children, right? Then yeah, I'm, I'm willing to grab one or two. And if everyone grabs one or two, right, we can, we can, we, we can start to address both the short-term and the long-term pieces. So I love that about it's all of our problem, right? And, and and we all should lean into this fix and not point wait for someone else to do it. Yeah, look, that's a great point, right? Where as soon as we start to recognize that they are us, you know, we take a, we take some sort of blinders off, right? One, one thing that Ken you said, which I think is really important, is people want to malign the personality and the intent, right? Instead of just looking at we, this is us and. What, you know, how must it be to be in that situation? Would I want to be there? And if this is connected to me, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to help, right? I think that's sort of more, you know, sort of one of the things we need to address. Now, look, let's, uh, um, we can't pretend, though, that, that what happened last week didn't happen, right? So what do we, you know, how, how do we, you know, because people are going to, people are going to listen to this, listen to this and say, yeah, y'all didn't talk about the fact that, this kid had a gun and he killed somebody, right? So we had to talk about that too. Now, I know when this thing first went down, um, you know, not knowing all of the all of the all of the details, you know, I, I had a couple of things where I thought about that and I said to the Lolly about, you know, about what I thought. Now we're getting more details in about what happened. So at the end of the day, we gotta talk about that too. So you know, how do we how do we how are we feeling about about the fact how this happened, why it happened, the whole thing, both sides of the equation. Jason, why don't you jump in there? I think you got, you know, you got a, I think you have an interesting perspective. So, yeah, and and I'm afraid not. I'm afraid to talk too much, man. You know me. I, lo- I love to. Uh, <laughs> I don't, love, look, let you don't, get me going, man. I'm don't don't be afraid, as you said. You know, this is a <laughs> this is unusual podcast. We can we can you know, we can cut stuff out if we have to, but not. we can edit it out. Okay, that's good to know. Man. I'm gonna take a bowl. Of, I'm gonna take a bowl of Tara Tara gigs. <laughs> that was a joke for the lolly. But the, uh, now, it, what what I what I feel about it is like in no way I'm a, an advocate of, of of squeegeeing. I'm not, and I am. You know, it's horrible. It's tragic that somebody lost their life. You know, in this incident, and essentially, you know, what we're finding out is like, you know, a 15 year old boy, you know, um, is is a person of interest uh, as as the shooter. Like these are all these are all extremely like um, horrible things to 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 be going through as individuals in the communities around that. Right? I, I am empathetic, um, you know, for for everyone involved. Um, you know, we, we don't necessarily know all the details of the story yet. I know this, you know, somebody who's, you know, in their late 40s got out of their vehicle being over 300 pounds and decides to pull a bat out of their car to to address someone. I mean, that that alone, you know, is 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 I mean, it, it's that's it, that's not the way that we should be dealing with our problem violence first you know I, I, i'm not sure what what is what was said or done to trigger that person but that's an extreme response right that's a light life threatening response and we think what police say when they say that they feel that their life is been, is is that threatened and somebody's just touching their waist you know like that's that's an extreme thing to have to deal with i know if i'm a 15 year old boy and a 300 pound grown man is coming at me with a bat I don't know how I'm going to respond. I don't know how I'm going to respond, you know, at, at this size and age of my life. But, you know, we, we have, unfortunately, we are dealing with a community of people that 
are feeling, they feel like their life is in danger always. That He had a gun on him. 15-year-old boy had a gun on him, right? And there's a reason that he's carrying a gun in our city. That's a separate conversation. But he's not using it to, to, to go around and rob people, you know, hopefully, or do anything else with it. He was out there squeegeeing, and, you know, he used it to protect himself. Um, I think that one thing that I'm afraid of the most out of this situation is what comes next. You know, I'm, you know, I'm having conversations with, you know, Dante Johnson, the GM of the hotel, was recently published in, in the banner, writing an article comparing, like, the current conditions of our city to Lake Miz. And, and, and the people involved in, in that in that play. And, you know, what, what happens next? Does this become like a modern-day lynching of a 15-year-old boy, you know, who's Black and, you know, the victim, you know, who who um, may have been the person who, who took it too far, you know, as a, as a white person? You know, is this a Black and white issue? Is this a socioeconomic issue? Like, what is it? And I hate for fear... Uh, and, and, and like demonization to become like the motivating factors to us coming to the wrong decision too quickly. If we don't get real strong community leaders in place to do something about what happens next to help guide us to where it goes, tell us how to feel about what's happening and then where this needs to go, then, then you know, the worst of us, the loudest of us, you know, the, the majority of us are going to take that decision for, you know, they're going to make that decision for us. Well, yeah, right, because there's a group of people out there, you know, we don't know all the facts. They're going to say, well, the dude was walking away, right? So how does that, how's that going to play into this discussion? I, I, I put that out there for, yeah, go ahead. So, so yeah, <clears throat> so it's, it's a, the squeegee situation, this, the, 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 the shooting, it's, it's such a, a microcosm of everything that goes on every single day across the city is just not visible to us. This, this is highly visible, right? And the squeegee boys on the corner are highly visible, right? I, I'm not sure that uh, you know getting them off the the quarters and getting them getting the the, the, the couple hundred that uh, are are identified, getting them all jobs addresses anything in that larger picture. And I suspect very strongly that if we employ those 200, 200 more will be on the corners in six months, right? They're just not there now because there's only so many corners and only so much space to work in, right? Um, but we have core underlying issues that, that we've got to address in much, much more partnership ways, right? All of us have a responsibility to fix it together. And, you know, I try to do everything I can myself when I can do it myself and come to the table with you, Jeff and Galali and Jason, right? How do, how do I help you help us all work it? Right. I don't know. My, 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 you know, I'm open for it, but it's not just solving the challenge of squeegee boys. It's a entire system problem. And when we try to solve a problem that's that big by coming up with a simple solution, and, and like Dolly, I'm all for giving these kids jobs, and I'm 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 all I'm all for joining and hiring them. I'm just not sure that that's the that is you know it sounds like a simple pragmatic solution, but I'm not sure that it actually solves the problem. Right? It well, just moves a, the problem for a little while. It's a long term, short term thing, right? I mean, I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly right. I mean, the 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 short term issue is. These these guys got to eat, 
right? Yep. They got to they got to tend for their you know care for their families. The long term is why are we you know why is is a crazy question? But I'll ask it. Why do we set up a situation where they need to be out there in the first place? And what are we going to do about it? Right? Uh, you know, I think that's the that's the that's the bigger question this this all leads to, right? We got a tragedy. What are we going to do about it? Right? We could just demonize this kid and be done with it. Right? And that's happened, that's happened many times. Or we could say, yeah, we gotta we gotta deal with the law and order side of this, and we know that we do, but there's a bigger issue here, right? There's a bigger issue here. I think that's what you're pointing out, Ken. Delali, you know, what are you, you know, how, how are you feeling about about that, about the, the sort of the bigger issue? Yeah, I think um, I said there's there's so many layers to it, right? And and Jason mentioned right there's some good work that's happened in the mayor's office. I mean, there are pockets, there are people that are like have been looking at this and thinking about this for a long time. I think getting some of those things a little bit more visibility. And and how do we get the rest of the community to rally around it? Right there, there, there are a lot of facets to this thing, and um, it, it takes people recognizing that they've got a role to play in the fix, right? And, and I think a lot of us sit down and we look at the paper, and all of a sudden it's the mayor, it's the so and so, it's the whomever, um, and not really leaning. So I think there's a sense of kind of personal responsibility. I'd love for me and all of us to take as we as we think about this and, and start shipping away. But there is long-term systemic stuff, but there are organizations that are tackling different parts of this. We just got to string it all together, right? We have to string together some of these pieces and it's, it is a long game. We got to have the stomach for it and be willing to actually pay the cost over time. And I'm not just talking about financial costs, just cost period, right? Over time to really make this go away um, in, in, in a way that provides everyone in our city opportunities to be successful. I mean, I, I mean, I look at these kids, right? And, and they hustle, right? Day in and day out, they're on those corners. And I'm like, yeah. there are people that I know they won't go to work if it looks like it might rain, right? And it's like, how do you, how do you get them? Exactly. Like, like, hire them all day, right? Like, you know, it, it's so... Uh, I've, I've hired a few of them. If you're watching this right now, I want you back at work. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but, you, but you know what I mean? Like, so 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 they're they're skilled and they're hustlers like, and they can work, right? These are entrepreneurs right there. And, and, and it's, just, it's just a matter of like, let's just get some framing around around them and and be in for a long haul. And, and it really is all of us figuring out, okay, what's at our disposal, individual disposal, like bring that to the table, right? And and, and some, you, know, you can teach them on entrepreneurship. Some can, you know, offer so-and-so, some may be food, but let's all figure out how to lean in and like sit with this group over time and and really try to work on some systemic issues. Yeah. Look, one, ahead, one thing, Cherry, I, yeah. I want to Jeff, I want to throw yeah. in there. It's like I, I love the two perspectives that, that Ken and Delali just shared. I think it is a little bit of a if, if we don't if we don't deal with the root cause of it, we're always going to be dealing with the symptoms, right? And and like you know, if we're only analyzing this from a short term, long term perspective, like what's the what's the mid game? What's the middle game that we could we could put in place to resolve some of these issues. Um, you know, if we just take the 200 off the street now, there's probably going to be a new, new, another 200 to come in. That's true. But hopefully, you know, a part of that 200, that original 200, um, you know, impacts the next group that comes up and prepares them and give, has, and, and is that representation piece that the next, the next group needs to see in order to, you know, potentially get their, their stuff in line and supports them with helping them get, 
their paperwork, helping them to understand what it's like to work, to be in the workforce, helping them get trained for the potential roles that they can get in because the community isn't seeing, there's no tracks out of that community. Like we keep it a hundred, like, you know, when's the last time you've really gone through some of the houses on East and West and South Baltimore? Like I've, I've been in some of the houses where they still have, they have a dirt floor. You know, one of the squeegee people that we work with now, he lives in a one bedroom house with nine other people. Right. And that's not, that's, that's, that's a common thing. Right. So maybe the mid game here is that we focus on, and this is like what some other states are doing, like California, we focus on the, the micro businesses. Right. And we, we, we put some laws and legislation in place to, that, that do things like, you know, cottage licenses for people who can make, who, who usually cook meals at home and they can sell those meals, you know, to their, directly to their community from a license in a, in a, in a business form, right. Having that structure in place, uh, and even offer them on DoorDash. Like California is already doing something like this, right? There's a model that we can look at and, and just, you know, see if we can get, you know, push, put across the line here. How many, we know so many aunties, you know, so many people who are just, you know, using the resources that they have to make, you know, money in an in in underground economy. You know, if we give them, you know, the tools that they need to legitimize it and then bring on maybe an employee or two here or there, you know, that helps us in the, in the mid that middle part until we can get them, you know, to a longer term solution. But we do need to address the systemic problem, not just what's happening and reacting at the immediate issue. Yeah, look, we're, we're lousy at benchmarking um, all over, you know, the United States in general and definitely city to city. So we don't take, you know, good things from, we're not taking good things from LA and bringing them here, all that sort of stuff. So I think, I think that's a good point. Look, a couple of things I want to want to get in here because we're going to get some pushback. I already saw we were trying to do the Facebook Live, and thank you guys for 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 rolling with this and bringing this thing on here. Um, you know, someone had put on why no women. Um, I, I get it um, because we pulled this thing together quickly and we, there's a conversation that started organically. We're going to continue this conversation. You know, we're, we're going to crowdsource some questions and put this up on Facebook and do a live conversation. Again, we'll get better at that. We're going to continue this conversation. And one of the things we do want to do, Jason, is see if we can bring some of the squeegee people into the conversation. Because I think one of the things that People want to know, if you think about that, no women, no squeegee people in this conversation today. One of the things that I get keep getting asked, well, Jeff, this bad things may not have happened to you, but I've been on the corner um, in my car, women in particular, well, I've said no, and they've kept going anyway, and they've been aggressive to me. Now, we want to paint everyone with the same brush when that happens. We know that that's not true. But it is happening. We can't pretend that it's not happening either. You know, I've heard too many stories, again, not been there myself, but I've heard too many stories that people have said this has happened to me. So, you know, one of the things I'd love to ask someone from that community is what's going on there and how can we change that? Right. Because I think some of this goes back to maybe the, the middle part of the solution, Jay, is that, you know, I think about sales, right? All of us are in sales. If I get mad every time someone said no to me when I tried to do a sale, I'd be mad all the time. Right. But they don't have the experience. They don't have that that context that we might have. Right. I think about um, just what happened last week. Right. Think about, you know, Jay, you and I are both studied martial arts. When you get to a certain level, the fight's not about being angry anymore. It's about getting home. It's about protecting yourself. But if you don't have those skills, 
So there's so many other things that happen on the corner, short-term, mid-term, long-term, that we got to solve. And I think that's why, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation, it's not, there is not one thing, there's no one answer, but you got to think critically about all of those things, right? Um, I, I don't know, how, how do y'all feel about that? That's a, that's a long-winded question, I guess, but um, I put it out there for, for, uh, uh, for you know, response or just uh, see what you think about it. I tell you, if you give me any room, I'm gonna talk. Sorry, guys, but the uh, <laughs> one of the one of the squeegee, one of the squeegee, uh, you know, uh, people that we have at the hotel right now. His name is Dave Yon. He's been interviewed a couple times recently. Uh, exemplary gentleman. He he brought somebody into the hotel today that is on house arrest and he's looking for a job. And um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out what it, what it's like to you know, what kind of person he is. Like people are looking for employment and and they're and they're and they're referring their friends who would fit into this space. I, that that's one that's one thing, right? I'd I'd like to even set up another panel with you where we can bring some of those people well, into the conversation. Look, I'm I'm gonna just not to derail the train of thought, but I had a note here to talk about, you know, my friend Mike Brady, who used to run the Grayson Bakery in Yonkers, right? And he talks about they don't uh, they don't make brownies uh, to, to, to hire, they don't hire people to make brownies. They make brownies to hire people. Grayson Bakery set up a, uh, an issue. You know, the, their their model is open hiring. You want a job? You just show up at the front door. You put your name on a list, and you got the next job. We don't care where you've been, what happened to you, what situation is. If you want a job, you got a job. But to do that, you have to create this whole support system around people to help them do it. And there's a way to do that. There's a, you know, there's a model out there. So I keep trying to get Brady to come to Baltimore, right. To talk to some of the organizations. And I think that that works generally for more industrial industries. Brady would disagree with me. He thinks it works in every, every industry. My, my retort to him has always been, okay, let's prove it. Um, let's do it wherever we can. He's been doing it with Sam Adams Rury. He's been doing a lot of people, but there's enough industry here in Baltimore that we could start down that path. So I just want to, you know, I wanted to get that in there about how do you get somebody, you know, get you know, people coming to you looking for a job, right? Coming to us yeah. looking for a job. And I think that an, another conversation would be to bring Brady in and see what he's got to say about this too. I would like him to also address not not just the operational side of that, like how do you you know how do you, how do you make that happen from a business perspective, but also understanding the the psychology and and the the, the soft skills that need to be developed in order to to be in in those spaces. Like you, it's it's crazy to think that we're going to take somebody who hasn't been employed or may have had you know may have been underemployed and then put them into a corporate job immediately. And then say, show up on time, follow these rules, dress like this, behave like that, um, speak a whole nother language while you're here, right? Like there has to be something, there has to be an interface in between, there has to be some grace in between, there has to be something that happens so that, you know, they can they can easily transition into one of those roles into the workforce. But we also can't, with that being, you know, keeping that in mind, we can't expect for them to, inter- to all, for all of them to respond to us on the street you know, with the highest level of professionalism, you know, it's like, like, bro, like they're picking up a squeegee and a spray bottle and they're washing cars in the heat. Like Delali said, there's, there's people who won't even come to work if it's raining. And these guys, are, these people are dealing with the absolute worst. You know, they're not eating well. 
you know, they're, they're eating hot fries and Cheetos and things like that. Cause why they live in food deserts, right? You know, when they go home, they got to deal with the most stressful stuff possible. If it, we need social, we need, we need, um, social services to get involved. You know, we need people to come in and deal with the mental, you know, um, just wellness of, of, I think we all need that, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> just not the screeching community, but, but, <laughs> but, they, but we need to get into the people who don't have insurance policies, right? We need to understand what, what's happening in their lives. And then, you know, after we do all that work, all that, that good work, and we, if they don't, you know, if that hasn't changed their behavior, if we don't see something else, you know, happening, then, then that's a different issue. But, you know, we, why are we holding them to this, to this, you know, expectation yeah. of dealing with us a certain way, you know? So, yeah. so what you're saying in some ways, and Cam, I'll let you jump in here. What you're saying to the, in some ways is uh, on one side, on our side, there's got to be some grace, right? We got to show a little bit of grace when we're coming and encounter people who are part of us, who are doing something that none of us would do if, you know, we would find a different way. But there, you got to understand that if you've been driven to do this, you must, the other side of that equation must be really bad, right? So I think that you're right about that, you know, and, and that would go a long way. And I don't, you know, we don't have a representative. So I just put this out there that we also have to recognize that there are also probably some bad apples in that group too. All 200 of them are great kids. And as you say, we give, we give, we give. And if you don't respond, then that's a different story. But I think that people will, I don't want people who are going to listen to this thinking, oh, these guys are just giving all the squeegee kids, a, a, you know, a pass. That's not what we're doing. And we're, we can continue that conversation, um, uh, you know, with the next go around. Um, Ken, are you, you start uh, look like you want to jump Yeah, down. no, I, I well, I, you know, listening to Jason talk, it, it, it's one of the really deep feelings I get when I'm involved in discussions like this is I, it, it's overwhelming, right? It just the, the amount of things that need to occur and, and what has to happen. Right. And I, I love solving big problems, right? It's, it's, it's my job every day, right? We come in, we launch great new technologies, big, really big problems, challenges, right? I feel like those are easy compared to this. Right? I feel overwhelmed in how do I, how do I help? How do I help? What do I do? And, you know, it's not going to stop me from digging in every day to try, but it's like we we need something that makes it feel like everything that we get to do, every step that we take, has has an impact and moves it forward, right? And then one of the big challenges is, you know, when I take a little action, I feel like it just gets lost in the big ocean of of the problem. And that, like Delali said, there's a whole bunch of people taking those little steps. And I, I just, I think that we're all missing the big ocean from it all. And we're not seeing that our little step is contributing. And I think if I could see that, maybe I'd, maybe I'd work even harder at it. I, I, I'm not sure I could, but I, I would, I, maybe I do. I don't know. Yeah, well, look, um, uh, we're, this is part of that. I, I get the overwhelming part of it, right? Um, I don't know what the answers are. And this is part of, this is part of, stepping forward to say it's overwhelming, but, you know, um, I, I've been, uh, I've been really, really studying, um, uh, the ideas of mental toughness, particularly in the, uh, in, in the Navy SEAL community lately. And they talk about micro goals. And one of the micro goals is you can't, you can't solve the whole thing right now. So you, and if you look at the whole big problem, you get overwhelmed. 
So break it down to micro goals. And that's what's the next step. So I just determined that the next step was let's have a conversation. You know, there's going to be steps after this, but that was the next step. Guys, we got, um, we got, well, that's interesting. We got, um, uh, we got only a couple of minutes um, uh, left here before uh, I'm going to let you guys go. So um, uh, let's uh, take a couple of last words here. I want to thank you guys for joining Capitalism Remix. We're going to post this up as soon as possible. But um, a couple of last words on, you know, sort of what your takeaways and what's the next thing. Delilah, let me start with you. Yeah, I'd say first, thank, thanks for having us and starting the conversation. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a good first step. Um, you know, my kind of inclination going to things like this is like, it can't just be the combo though. Let's, let's, I'm a person of action. So I want to, I want to, I want to move in and go out. I, I think, you know, and people have done these convenings um, in the past and, and I think working with the youth, right. They, they will, they will help you understand what they need. Right. And, and I think, having them help to drive a lot of this conversation and kind of what they need to have can support them. That's fine. I mean, I think, I think, I think if we get a good sense and people have a good pulse on all of constraints that Jason, Jason mentioned earlier, right. All right. This is how, this is what I need to make a day. So I need to feed my family. I need, it needs to be flexible. I need you to come when I go. Okay. We got all sorts of great minds in the city. Let's all right. Now let's, let's, let, now let's dream, right. Those are constraints. Let's figure it out. Let's figure something out, right. That works for, um, all the parties involved. And there's a bunch of smart folks here that that I think can do that. So I'm excited to continue to be part of, of some of those conversations that are taking place and, and kind of move towards action. Thanks, man. Um, Ken, let me uh, go to you next. Look, I uh, first, Jeff, thanks for even inviting me to this discussion, right? I mean, I, I feel, you know, uh, I feel an incredible part of this community. You know, I've only lived here 10 years and, you know, Baltimore to me is it's home. And uh, we got to fix. We got to fix these systemic problems. There's there's nothing there's we don't have a choice. Right. This is it's not like we can choose to ignore it. So I uh, appreciate you having this part of the conversation. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to add. That's all right. Jay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll bring, we'll let you, uh, back clean up here. 30 minutes on the clock. I want to say thank you, man. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this conversation with you all. Um, you know, I, I think very highly of, of, of all three of you. Um, I, I look forward to what the next conversation will be. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some women and some, some youth uh, on that as well. You did pull this together last minute. I want to verify that with everybody who's listening. You know, Jeff called about, you know, a day ago and asked if I would be a part of this. So I know this was like, and, and this is a rapid response to an issue that, you know, is quickly evolving, you know, every day, right? Um, we do need solutions, right? We just can't, can't just talk about it, like Delali said. I mean, even if we did something from a small bite perspective, right, taking a piece, like, and just building this wall one brick at a time, you know, if we, if we set it up like a, like a, a newly land that's going to be farmed and we just take one neighborhood 
and we just focus on that one neighborhood where the majority of these squeegee people are coming from and then we just focus all of our resources to this space and, and see what see what kind of change we can make i mean I, I don't know that might that might be the beginning of it we can take our lessons learn move on to the next neighborhood scale it whatever that looks like but something has to happen we can't look at this as um as a thing that is a sisyphus task that will just continue to to go on and on and on with no with no uh end and no result and and uh, ahead of us um we 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 can do this i'm very confident that we can do this we need what we need we need a conscious venture light you know we need a, a mini revival we need a diet fearless you know whatever those little versions of those are you know that we can put out here. We 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 do that, and we and we we create we offer those models to the to the community as much as we can. I mean, who who's I don't know who's bit more who's who's mining Bitcoin these days. Let's give these kids a computer and put it in there. Is that still a thing? Let's <laughs> let's find out, right? I'm not, a whole lot of I'm not sure that's still a thing <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look. Uh, uh, one last one last thing I want to say. Look, I I, I want to make sure that we we honor the fact that you know somebody lost his life over this stuff this, you know, last week. Um, and that shouldn't happen under any circumstances. So we got to solve this if for no other reason. So that doesn't happen again. Right. Even if you don't care about the squeegee uh, workers, let's solve this. So we're not dealing with, with that as an outcome. So there's so, so many more things that we could say about this and so many um, more, uh, you know, sort of perspectives that I think that we need to, to, to have. So look, I, I appreciate you guys doing this at the last minute. Uh, for those of you who tried to get on Facebook live, I'm sorry about that uh, technical difficulty. We'll figure that out. We'll get back on, uh, on the live so we can take some questions and, uh, uh, and respond to some of the uh, issues or ideas or concerns in real time uh, here again, when we, when we get this group together, but thanks guys. Uh, for joining. Uh, don't forget, if you're listening to this, um, you know, uh, 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 take, a, take a look at Capitalism Remix, um, you know, uh, um, get on there and subscribe and you can hear a lot more of these sorts of conversations, things that we're talking about, things that we care about in different parts of the city. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Capitalism, the Remix. Until then, keep the faith, keep grinding, keep building with purpose, be kind, and do the right thing. We out.